0: This is Developer Sidequests, the podcast, the show that highlights the different ways we all level up our software development skill set. I'm your party leader, Al Rodriguez, and today we're chatting with another player character, Lee Warwick. Hey, Lee, how are you doing today?
1: Good, how you doing?
0: Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. So Lee Warwick is a multitasking bard with many feathers in his cap. Truly a jack-of-all-trades and master of none, Lee has worked as a firefighter and nurse before changing jobs to web development, where he now works as a front-end developer, using his bardic charms to enchant his audience with sizzling CSS and jumping JavaScript tunes. Not satisfied with focusing only on his own quest as a developer, Lee formed a guild for fledgling developers in the form of the Project Codex Meetup in Orlando, Florida, where he works tirelessly to support the membership with inspirational and educational talks and workshops. To extend that support even further beyond Orlando, Lee teamed up with Eddie Otero to spin epic yarns coding quests they've tackled, as well as those of other developers on the Tech Junior podcast. All right, Lee, I I love your bio. Uh, I'm always happy whenever guests you know put that that extra oomph to uh, uh, fit my. Uh, Rigid requirements on a bio, <laughs> as you and I were talking beforehand. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always grateful when whenever uh, everyone does that. So um, that was that was great. I I loved it. Um, and so let's just go ahead and jump into it really quickly. So you you mentioned that you actually have two quests that we'll go ahead and talk about. So uh, let's start with that first one. So you you're here to talk about an app that you've created.
1: Yeah. So um, over the break, uh, winter break that is, um. I kind of sat down and was like, "Man, you know, I really need a to-do app or some something to put my thoughts into, and kind of like uh, get everything out of my headspace and just kind of like free up some some brain power, I guess." And um, so I was like, "You know, I could just download a to-do app, but I'm a developer; I'll just make my own." And so um, that's what I did. I kind of like sat down and thought, "You know, what are my needs? What do, what do I want out of an app?" And uh, you know I'm a, a front-end developer, so I kind of have like everything at my fingertips. And so I uh, landed on creating this application where um, I can add you know to do items obviously. but also I wanted um, things to be sortable based on priority. So if you know uh, I've got a task that needs to be done today, like that should float to the top. Um, and so I landed on like this kind of um, like a timer format. So you can optionally assign like a due date to a task and then it will sort by, you know, what's due first. And also kind of like as I was developing it, uh, developing it, um, my requirements kind of change. And so at first, like everything had a time on it and that was just like too much noise to look at. And so I made that optional and then also I was like, man, you know, I really need to group tasks together. So I, uh, I started, you know, tinkering with the code and, and made a a feature where you could say like, okay, I'm going to group everything under this one umbrella task. And like, this can have an overall time that you can assign to it. Um, and then like the, the subtasks under it will kind of collapse under it. Um, in, in kind of like a drawer. So, um, I've been using it ever since uh, I turned it into a, a progressive web app. Um, so I've installed it on my phone. I installed it on my, my Mac and my PC. And every time like I have something that comes across my mind, I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to forget that. I just, uh, I fire it up and, and drop it in there. And then if I'm ever in a, at a spot where I'm like, gosh, I need something to do, or I don't know what to do next. I can just bring that up and, and kind of glance at it. So it's been very helpful.
0: <laughs> Got it. So, so you're also using the to-do app to to work on the to-do app? Is that what you said?
1: I, I did at one point, yes, have like finished this app as like a multi-step goal. And uh, it had like everything that I needed to do on the app on it. Um, there was another feature that I built into it where like if you add a time to a task, it'll count down like the hours, minutes, and seconds until you said that um, you would finish it. And so that's in yellow. But if you go past that time, which, hey, you know, as a developer happens all the time, um, it then becomes red and that gets like higher priority. So that gets bumped to the top and then it counts over like how how far past do you are from the time. So (laughs) it'll kind of like shame you into realizing like how much procrastinating you're doing. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty funny Um, ever since I've started using it like I've got a task on here now that's like podcast planning and that's past due 13 days and 23 hours.
0: (laughs) Oh, so, so not the, not the best metrics is, is kind of what you're saying there for, for yourself, right? Like, yeah, 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 it's
1: a shame, but yeah, you can't hide from it. You know what I mean? It's like the data doesn't lie, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's like, I guess that's true. Unfortunately.
0: Yep. (laughs) um okay cool so all right so you have this this to-do app and it sounds really cool it's um you know it's 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 its own to-do app type of deal um so why specifically did you go with this instead of like just kind of going with a different to-do app and then i guess uh trying to get it to fit your needs so why did you say hey you know what this is a it's going to be a better idea just to make my own. Was this mainly to to scratch that itch sort of deal or, or did you just have your own mindset of these are other features that I want for me and uh, might as well make it.
1: Um, It was kind of a thing where I hadn't, I was working in a job where I was using angular um, as our framework of, I guess, weapon of choice. And so I wanted to make something with react because um i do a lot of work uh, with the local coding boot camp as like a tutor and a TA and they teach react so i was like man i better brush up my skills and just kind of see you know how much better i've gotten or how much better i can do and so th- i was like man this is a great opportunity to just kind of like practice and sharpen you know my own skills and you know obviously hey i need a to do app so Everybody says like, oh, make a to-do app, make a calculator, make, you know, and and everybody's like eyes kind of glaze over or roll whenever they hear that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Dang it. I'm going to make my own to-do app and it's going to be awesome and nobody's going to shame me for it. So that's kind of what I did. Just steer right into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd also like every once in a while I'll jump on uh, like CodePen or something and I'll make like a react component or something or try something with view and um do like a mini app or something so i had done that with a timer i was like man i wonder you know if i put like a timer into a component um and then had it count down um would that make the browser blow up or how bad for memory would that be or like how performant is React at, at handling that and so i just kind of like did a little demo used um I think I used the request animation frame API, uh, which is supposed to be like optimized for uh, the browser. And, you know, I dropped like 30 of them on the page just to see if it would like start to lag or anything. And, you know, it it clipped right along. Um, And so like, I I was like, man, I really want to use that, brought that into the to-do app and use that for like my timer component. And so, yeah, just kind of like I wanted to get the practice and then I wanted to kind of show off my skills and, just kind of have something that you know i could be proud of i guess and show off to people so
0: <laughs> all right well I mean, hey that's that's awesome right you know we're we're always leveling up in some way we need to get some experience and it sounds like it was exactly that you know you you uh, wanted to play around with a new technology what better way to do that than the generic to-do application that you maximized out pretty much right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i've got um some options in there um So like, uh, I've got little widgets at the top that can tell you like how many goals you've actually completed. Um, and then like a a little widget that has the current time and date. Um, so I've, I've got some other plans for it, but, um, just little touches that were important to me, like, okay, this thing is due in six hours. What time is it now? Okay. And like, yeah, obviously there's a clock on the phone, but you know, it's, um, I don't know, it was just convenient for me. And then, you know, I made it like an options menu where you could turn it off if you didn't want that or turn it on or turn the completed goals off or, or I don't know, it was, it was just a lot of fun.
0: Cool. All right. So um, as you were, you were creating this application going through it, um, were you just kind of following the hack it until it's ready sort of methodology that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us, myself including, do when we're working on a side project or... Did you decide to follow like, a, well, maybe I'll do this kind of, um, you know, feature by feature, maybe sprint sort of concept? Or did you do any TDD involved with it, adding any tests that kind of thing? How, what, what was your uh, your, I guess, daily operation when you were working on this or starting working on this?
1: I um, I really just came up with an MVP first and kind of said like, okay, what is the the very minimum that I need for me to be able to use this thing? And for me, that was just like a basic list. And you can just kind of do like the crud operations on the, uh, the tasks in the list. And so even that, like as a, you know, a small side project was like pretty significant. It took me, um, I think, like uh, a week or two just to get that far. So aside from that, like I had an idea in my mind of what the design would kind of look like. And it's not like anything earth shattering or, or anything like that, but, um, I wanted to make sure that it was, um, mobile responsive, but then also still look good on a, you know, a full-size screen. So, uh, coming at it with those two ideas, like I know what the layout in general should look like, and I know, uh, what features I want. Um, I kind of like narrowed it down to that. And then I thought, well, it would be nice to have, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I kind of Added those on as I had time.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's uh let's move on to TechStack. So you you had mentioned that this is a React application. Um is this a uh hosted uh as a website sort of deal? Or uh you mentioned looking at your phone. I wasn't sure if that meant that you were using the app on the phone or if you were using it um maybe as some kind of wrapper so that way it was installed on, on the phone
1: itself. So it's a React application. Um, it's built with a create React app and also um, Material UI, which is kind of like a materialized um, component library for React. Uh, and then as far as the backend, like, sure, I could have written a web server that did all the stuff I wanted and added my own database and on and on and on. But I thought like, man, I don't want to pay money for this like silly to-do app. So um, I was like, you know what would be great for this is firebase so um, i sat down and i i tried to um, hook up firebase and Material ui to the react application and like just getting everything scaffolded and like working together uh was kind of its own challenge but in the end i ended up with an application that like anybody can use um it has like its own uh OAuth login through um, Google. So if you have a a Gmail address, you can use the application. Um, And then it doesn't cost me a thing to have the site. So um, on top of that, like Create React app has done a lot of awesome stuff to make creating a progressive web application really, really easy. So they already provide the service worker. I think all you really need to do is from that point, uh, make sure that your Um, Site is served over HTTPS. Uh, You have to make sure that you have a web manifest with like the proper icons and stuff and information about the app. And then from there, like it's almost ready to go um, as far as a uh, a PWA. So if anybody's not familiar with a PWA out there, uh, it's just a way to to get web um, technology to give you a native app like experience. So you can install it to the home screen on a phone. You can install it to like the start menu in Windows or the app bar on Mac. Um, all you have to do is like open the site in Chrome. And if you're on a phone, it'll bring up a little snack bar at the bottom that says add to home screen. So you've probably seen that on a bajillion websites already. And that's just Chrome telling you like, hey, this is a progressive web app. If you really like this thing, we can add it to your home screen for you. And then it'll drop a little icon on there that's indistinguishable from a regular, you know, native app. And so native web app or not native web apps, native applications are kind of, they're kind of hard to search on the app store. There's like a bajillion of them. And if your website like is already getting traffic, you know, and that snack bar pops up, you know, you're likely or at least more likely for somebody to go, yeah, I like this and install it versus like, who's going to sit down and you know what are the odds of you pulling up this to do application in the play store for instance you know there's probably 3 million of them in there so you know if you have a a business that has um you know a site and somebody's like oh we need a native app you know maybe in the back of your mind you can be like hmm well would this make more sense for us to just build one good website and then make it a pwa so um in this case like that that was a huge choice for me that that made a lot of sense and um it's really great because I can shoot the website to anybody and say like, you know, my parents use it. For instance, I shot it to my dad and gave him the website address, and it's like, okay, you just tap this thing and it installs it on your home screen. Oh, wow, that's great! I can put all my, you know, all the stuff I need to do, all the honey-do list items into this thing. So,
0: cool. All right, yeah. So, sounds like a, a, a really useful for uh, you know not having to create both you know native app and the uh, and the, the web app. So, you had mentioned this uh, tool called Create React App. Uh, I'd never heard of that before. Uh, is that really just something that makes it a lot easier to kind of help you create a PWA from
1: a React application? So, um, are you a, what, what's your primary um, language? Like, what, what, are you a back end developer?
0: Yeah, for the most part, yeah, back end developer. I've been uh, slowly kind of warming up to more front end type of stuff, but uh, not not too much.
1: Okay. So React itself, like the main React core library, is just kind of this like minimalist diffing engine that uh, compares changes, right? So if you wanted to change stuff on the actual like HTML website, you'd need to bring in not only React, but also React DOM. And so like you can make a command line React application, which some maniac actually did. And I'll shoot you the link later. (laughs) But in (laughs) any case, so... That's React, and like you can bring that in through npm or through a CDN. Um, but then, if you wanted to, let's say, have like a multi-file application, and you start getting into like the Webpack territory, um, Webpack is super complicated. Uh, it's a lot of like mental overhead to get started with when you just want to build something. So the React uh, core team came out with something that's basically like a Webpack Babel scaffolding tool. And that is Create React App. So uh, through NPM, you can do like NPX, Create React App, and then the name of your application. And it'll just like spin up a basic starter project for you. And it comes included with all the dependencies you need. uh, And then like some helpful scripts and commands for you to build the actual end application. So it has the Webpack brought in with the configuration that you need. It has Babel already going for you. Um and then like I said, it already has like some PWA optimizations built into it. Uh to like so like the service worker is already written for you. And all you need to do is kind of like hit those extra benchmarks that uh the Chrome team put out for PWAs, and then you're kind of off to the races. So create React app is uh is super helpful for learning React if you just want it to like sit down and just learn, you know, the basics and actually build something and just you know npm run build and and bam there's your application
0: oh okay that sounds uh pretty awesome like really useful for uh for jumping in getting started i'll definitely have to remember that when i uh actually finally sit down and uh start playing around with react but you know that's on that ever-growing list of technologies right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh all right so so you have this application um it sounds like you've been using it for a uh, good bit of time now um When you were working on it, or and actually, I guess I never really asked. Are you still doing active development on it, or or no? Is it mostly kind of complete?
1: It's for the most part, it's complete. Um, there's some minor things that I'd like to add. Like, um, I wanted to add like a weather widget. So whenever I uh make a task that's like mow the lawn or something, it would be nice if I'm indoors, I can look at a glance and just see like, hey, is what's the percent chance of rain today or something, you know, Uh, or is it sunny or I mean, maybe at that point, like if you're looking, oh, is it actively raining? You can just look out the window, but you know, it'd be kind of good to get like a little bit of a forecast. So uh, I had thought about adding in some functionality where uh, I could hit like a weather API and just show the weather at the top of the screen. Um, And then aside from that, uh, I had wanted to maybe add some functionality for grouping specific tasks together. Um, Kind of like maybe if you have something that's already a subtask, uh, having that thing be able to be like you press a button and it becomes its own, uh, multitask. And currently I just don't have that functionality. So, okay. I thought about, I thought about adding that. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. All right, So you're, you're, you're mostly
0: there, but now you're, you're kind of at those, uh, you know, the, the extra features. Okay. Well, cool. So, um, For this application, you know, when you were working on it uh, overall, like throughout that entire time, um, did anything surprise you? Like anything you were working on that either uh, turned out to be this like three week process that if you had known a little bit more should have only been like a one hour thing or something to that effect, you know, any hair pulling events type of thing?
1: Um, Nothing really that I had pulled my hair out too bad over. Uh, Working with Firebase isn't the easiest thing. But I found some really great articles about um, using Firebase in the context API. So, what that does is let you have like um, one instance of the Firebase object that you have spun up, and then components just kind of interact with that one instance, which is great. Um, Material UI has its own kind of like, uh, kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Its own little quirks, I guess you could say. Um, so, like, if you want to override CSS within a component that's coming from the component library, uh, it has its own syntax for that. Like, they've shoved CSS into like object syntax in JavaScript uh, for some things, which is kind of awkward. Um, and then just being able to drill down and like target um, some of the things with CSS can be difficult at times. Um, But other than that, I would say like, there's some, whenever I refactored a standard task to be able to take on subtasks, that was like, oh, if I had planned that better in the first place, um, organizationally, that probably would have been a lot easier, but, uh, I ended up with some repeated code. So, I mean, maybe one of the things I could do is come back and just kind of like refactor and clean up the code a little bit, maybe dry things up some. But, uh, I mean, the, the main thing for me was the functionality of the actual application itself and not having like the world's prettiest, you know, code underneath. Um, aside from that, like, uh, I used only native JavaScript date API, uh, for any of the timers or anything. So there's no moment JS, there's no date FNs or any of that junk. Um, and I was really happy about that. I was actually surprised that using dates in JavaScript is not actually as bad as everybody is always like crying out about. So um, that was actually pretty surprising to me.
0: Oh, that's, that's good to know. Um, You know, I, I have like a, like a whole list of, of uh, side projects that I want to do someday to, to really jump into web development. And uh, one of the things that I want to do is limit the amount of external dependencies that I end up using. And so it's good to know that you could probably get really far with just the native JavaScript uh, library for date times.
1: Yeah, it's it's very powerful. And um, people are constantly like, oh, you need a moment. Or you know, the browser is actually handling most of that localization stuff for you. So you don't have to worry about that as much.
0: Oh huh. well, good to know. I will definitely be keeping that in mind later. <laughs> All right. So you also run a uh, run a whole community meetup. Uh, let's talk about that.
1: So, so what is this uh, community meetup you run uh, out here in Orlando? So it's uh, it's called the Project Code Experience meetup, or Project Codex for short. And the whole thing, just the the mission, is to help out junior developers and make them more marketable, improve their skills, and at the end of the day, like help them achieve gainful employment. And it it all kind of started, um, gosh, almost like a year ago now. Uh, I was in coding boot camp, uh, the UCF coding boot camp, and I had some uh, classmates that were interested in doing like a web agency kind of thing, and. I was like, you know, I don't think I'm good enough for this. I don't think you guys are good enough for this at this point, but Hey, well, let's do it. And so we kind of got together and we started planning like what we can do. And, you know, maybe we made like a website that was terrible. It was all jQuery. <laughs> it had, a, uh, it had like terrible hover animations on the sidebar and stuff. Um, but I had my buddy make up, uh, a logo for the, uh, the business that we had in mind. And, um, I was really proud of that. Really love that logo. Um, and so we made like business cards and all this stuff. And when we got out of class, we were like, man, nobody's going to hire us to, to make their websites. We have no experience. We've never done this before. And so we were like, you know what? We should just like make this about getting more experience as developers. And so we started a meetup and uh, the first one we did, we paid like 80 bucks to the library to rent out a room or something. And we got like 20 people to show up and we're like, man, where are all these people? Like, first of all, I can't believe that all these people showed up to listen to, to us talk about stuff we don't know anything about. Um, <laughs> and, then, uh, you know, second, I was like, uh, what the heck are we going to do now? <laughs> so um, from from there, it's, it's just kind of been, uh, I don't know, it's been a real journey, but, uh, you know, we started... It, it pushed me to interact a lot with the community because I had to find people that would come to the meetup that had experience and could talk about stuff. Um, so it was really eye-opening because there was a lot of people in the community that weren't juniors that were reaching out to me to help. And it really opened my eyes to how much the community cares about junior developers. Even though if you go on Indeed or something like Obviously, the the business like managerial standpoint is we want senior developers, and that's all we want. So it seemed like this huge, you know, uh, mismatch between, I guess, what the company wants and what the people working at the company want, because, um, like I said, the senior developers were like contacting me left and right. You know, hey, I can help with this. Hey, I'd love to give a talk on this. Um, we started a, a an open source uh, kind of project initiative where we fired up a, uh, a repo that like shows you how to, um, make a pull request and how to get familiar with Git, uh, how open source works, um, how you can participate. And we made a, uh, a, a read where you would follow the tutorial and then you would make a PR to sign your name at the bottom of the, uh, like a charter kind of thing. And we had like, I don't know, 30 or 40 people do it within like a couple of weeks which was great. Um, And then from there, we were planning on doing like all these open source projects where people could come to the meetup and talk to us and we could help them with the code and kind of like as a group, build everything together. Um, And we had uh, volunteers from the community come out and volunteer to be like uh, project management, kind of like senior developer uh, mentors for, Uh, some of the teams working on the projects and so that that had a lot of interest and a lot of people showed up but i think another thing that i've learned running that meetup is that um, people come and go and so it's kind of hard to have like a long standing volunteer effort like that so you would have the mentors that were senior developers they have full-time jobs you know they get busy uh, life happens and then the junior developers are all different experience levels some of them have zero experience. Some have, you know, a lot of experience for for juniors, and so it was kind of tough to get everybody on the same page and contributing to stuff. Um, it was kind of like herding cats, I guess. And <laughs> we still are trying to do open source uh, projects for the community, but uh, lately we've we've done a lot of talks to kind of help out, you know, developers show them uh, you know, help improve their skills, um, help them with professional development and career development and stuff. Um, but we haven't given up on the open source thing. Uh, it's just kind of taken a different shape. And, um, another initiative that we've done with that is we've started to live stream, um, like a core group of us, uh, building out this open source project. So, you know, if you're not comfortable contributing to it, you can watch the stream. Maybe learn a little bit about like JavaScript, Node, React, any of that kind of thing. Um, we stream it on YouTube, so there's a there's a chat where you can jump on there and ask us questions. Or if none of that appeals to you and you watch videos at three o'clock in the morning or something, you can still catch the stream on the channel as a uh, like a previously recorded version of it. So uh, we're kind of hoping that that will in- encourage people to. And make pull requests and try and um, participate in the, the open source stuff. And then the whole goal of that, uh, I, I didn't even mention this, I kind of forgot about it. But <laughs> the whole point of the open source thing is like people are crying out constantly that junior developers don't have enough experience. Um, show us your project, show us the code that you've done. And have you ever contributed to a large code base? And what do you know about Agile and uh, Git um, snafus and, and all that sort of stuff? And we, we just kind of wanted to provide a chance and like a, a a welcoming, um, opportunity for people to come in and and do that. But, um, like I said, it's kind of been uh, a real challenge to, to do that. And so we end up focusing more on, it seems like the community events and the networking and, um, having talks and that sort of thing.
0: Cool. All right. So if, if, uh, if you were to go back to when you started this, the, this community, what would you tell yourself? Like if you could go back to right at the beginning, you know, what's I uh, I don't know, one or two things that you think would be super helpful to yourself for, for starting, you know, a, a meetup and this kind of thing.
1: Uh, I would probably, I'd probably tell myself to stick with it and to not doubt myself. Um, there was a period where we started it and then like, we had this big um, event at Power DMS where we had like 50 people show up and everybody was like volunteering to sign up for projects and stuff. And then, like I said, life happened and, and people just kind of like got busy. The holidays came around. Um, everybody kind of went their separate ways. And then I was kind of left holding the bag, like even the other people that I had started the group with. Um, one guy had moved to Tampa and took like a, a non-development related job uh one guy signed up for a bachelor's degree program and so like he's too busy to to help out he's also working a full-time job and i don't fault anybody or blame anybody or anything like that but to me it was kind of like man everybody's too busy for this thing except for me and heck i have a job too i'm busy um and so it, it was very discouraging to kind of like see the attendance drop and then we were holding the meetup in, uh, in Maitland for a little while because that's where I was working and we had like free office space that we could use. But uh, people didn't want to drive out there. It wasn't like centrally located. Um, the building was kind of hard to find and like in an obscure location. Uh, so we saw uh, membership drop, or at least in attendance, drop from like 40 people or 50 people showing up to an event to like 10 or like five. And so at that point I was like, man, should I even be, you know, spending my time on this and really like past the holidays, like things started to pick up again. Um, We started getting like better talks. Um, I just kept trying to engage with the community and talking to people and just annoying them with, Hey, we're having a meetup. Hey, do you want to talk? Do you want to give a presentation? Like help the juniors or, you know, get onto like the junior channel in our Orlando dev Slack channel and just kind of encourage people and talk to them and pitch our meetup and tell them to come network and and meet people and just kind of like beating my head against a wall. and <laughs> just trying to get people to engage and talk to each other. And, um, it, it's, we had one, uh, last night at power DMS again, uh, I don't know, like nine or 10 months later. And we had a talk by uh, Joe Zach, who's a a member of um, Coding Blocks and a a really big C-sharp community member. And we had a ton of people show up. Um, We got in touch with OneTug, which is the Orlando.net user group. Um, They helped cross-promote it. I got to meet a lot of those guys, which was awesome. Um, I met a lot of junior developers that are, they come out to the meetup and told me, Hey, Lee, you know, we're listening to your podcast and you know, it's really inspiring and we love hearing that stuff. And we're really glad that you are kind of helping out with, um, like a junior perspective to things. And so that was, that was very encouraging to me. So to answer your question, I would go back and tell myself to stick to it, which I, I kind of did, <laughs> but half-heartedly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's always tough, right? Uh, especially when you have those lows, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely questioning yourself. Is it, is this actually worth it? But I guess the other part of the question is, if I stick with it and keep going and it gets better, is that going to be worth it? And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's good to know. It's, it's always important for for so many other things in life too, I bet. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you mentioned your podcast, and I wanted to bring that up on the show. Do you want to tell us all about it?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm a co-host of the Tech Junior Podcast with uh, Eddie Otero. And the whole thing is just, you know, Eddie and I are junior developers. Um, we got our start straight out of coding boot camp, uh, Eddie was a designer for a number of years. Um, like Al had said at the beginning, I, I was a fireman and a, a nurse, um, paramedic, all that stuff. Hadn't done coding since college where I had like a, a really terrible experience with Java. And so, you know, we got hired um, and we just started our, our roles as uh, front end developers. And so we were like, man, why don't we pay this forward and kind of like share what we're learning and what we find is important and what we found surprising. And um, on top of that, like, why not interview people and ask them questions that juniors would have? Like, you know, for instance, Joe Zach having his C-sharp talk, like C-sharp itself is huge. Um, There's a bajillion things you can do with it. And everybody that's been doing it has been doing it for a bajillion years already. So. How do you break into C sharp if you've never touched uh, an object oriented language or a strictly typed language before? Um, if you're coming from JavaScript, like how do you get into that? So, um, that perspective I thought was kind of undersung in the tech community. Uh, there's a ton of juniors out there, but, and there's a lot of junior, like very absolute beginner stuff, like what is a variable? What is a for loop? But then once you get past that, there's kind of not a lot going on in that space, and there's a lot more facets to this industry and this job than just can you write a for loop or can you write a variable. So we really wanted to take that head on and just kind of like ask the dumb questions that people probably have but are too scared to ask. And um, we haven't really seen like massive response to it yet, but like those little wins where people come up to me and they're like, "Man, Lee, love the podcast. Thanks for you know doing what you're doing." is is really encouraging and if i can help like you know one person that was going to give up on being a developer and they're like you know what lee said that and and eddie said uh you know eddie had this uh this revelation on the imposter syndrome episode where he talked about he got the job he was a designer he's like he's got everything going for him and before he comes into work he'd like sit in his car for 15 minutes and just like worry to death that Today was going to be the day that the boss tapped him on the shoulder and was like, listen, your code sucks, you suck, you're fired, clean out your desk, you know, and he would just like have this panic attack every morning. And so he's, I guarantee not the only person that feels that way. And people probably feel a lot worse and they're not even working yet. So uh, we, we just really want to kind of like address those issues and, and try and help people.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a worthy cause. So uh, uh, fun fact, everyone. Also, um, we uh, realized this just before we started recording, but apparently uh, the Tech Junior podcast and this show, uh, we started about a week apart. So, uh, Lee, you beat us by a week. So, drat, um, you're, you're ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cool. All right. So, um, I guess uh, I guess we're, we're pretty much at the end of this. Before we move on, um, I guess two other questions. So, the first question, what's next for you? Uh, do you have other side quests you want to work on? Or are you going to keep working on these that you have so far? Or do you just not have enough on your plate and you just want to add 30 to the list? Uh,
1: if you ask my wife, I definitely have too much going on. Um, but, uh, no, I, I'd like to keep doing what I'm doing. I still want to keep um, interviewing people and answering those questions on the the podcast um, to help people out. Um, so if you do have any questions, you can shoot me an email at uh, leewarick at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at Junior or hit the show up at techjrpodcast. Um, and then we can try and like, we'll either get somebody, you know, that's an industry professional on the show that can answer those questions or try and answer those questions ourselves. Um, aside from that, I still want to keep doing the meetup. I still love that you know, people are benefiting from, you know, just the, the stuff that I've been able to organize, you know, on my own with no money. Um, so that's really important to me. But then I've also thought about uh, kind of getting into trying to give talks at conferences and trying to be that junior developer advocate and like spread the word that, you know, juniors are not. Uh, only a time sink and only a source of technical debt and all these bad things that kind of get thrown out whenever people talk about hiring junior developers. Um, and then on top of that, I did have a, a really cool app idea that I've, I'm kind of sitting on, and uh, I've got a basic demo built out, and I'm really excited for it. And uh, I'd like to kind of roll that into a, another conference talk uh, if I can. I don't know if you, wanna, if you want me to yeah, explain that. Yeah, we have some time. Though. Why not? <laughs> okay, so... um. I also like, you know, like you said at the beginning, a lot of feathers in my cap. Uh, I have a degree in Japanese language, so I think there's this kind of trend of uh, developers that have completely unrelated uh, university degrees um, and just had like, maybe they tried coding a little bit, and then they're like, meh, it's not for me, and they go down some other rabbit hole that's like a passion of theirs, like, uh, I think Jared, uh, I'll picture his last name, but... or Alec. Thank you. So <laughs> Jared, um, Jared's like a film major. Uh, I talked to another developer that's a yeah uh, like a music degree. So every, everybody's kind of all over the place and I definitely saw that in the boot camp. but um, I'm a, a Japanese um, major. I love Japanese language, love languages in general. Um, so that's super fascinating to me and I'm always trying to improve my Japanese like listening skills and reading ability. And I, I had this great idea for an app where, Chrome has uh, this experimental API called the Speech Recognition API. So if you access that, it will tap into your computer's microphone, whatever that is, um, and as you speak, it will use uh, machine learning to interpret what you're saying and, and turn it into text. So uh, Westboss has a great video on this on YouTube, and it's part of his JavaScript 30 course. Um, so I found that video and I made my own demo. I was like, man, this is awesome. You can kind of do like your own, uh, text to speech thing right in the browser. But on top of that, um, why not take it a step further and have it auto translate what you're saying? So, uh, originally I, I used, um, a website called gshow.org gshow means dictionary in Japanese. And it has an on like not undocumented, but poorly documented API. And so I was able to use that to feed like one word at a time. And so you could say a word in another language or in Japanese in this case, and it would spit out the translation for you. And then I was able to print that to the website. So that was kind of like the beginning of it. And I was like, man, there's got to be a better translation service than that or some other way I can do this. And I found out that uh, Google obviously has like their enterprise translate API. Uh, They do have like a free version with like a cap on it. But even better than all that, there's an undocumented Google Translate API that's a part of their Chrome extension. So Google Translate has a Chrome extension. It hits an open endpoint for translation data. So what I did was um, I attached that previous speech recognition stuff to that undocumented Google Translate endpoint. And I was able to have it translate whole sentences at a time. And so now I'm thinking, man, that'd be really awesome for, uh, let's say you're watching, um, not only is it, is it good for, I'm kind of all over the place, but <laughs> not only is it good for multiple languages, because before I was stuck with English to Japanese or Japanese to English. And now um, you can send it uh, as query parameters what language you want to go from and to. So you could say something in English, translate it to Spanish on the fly, You could have someone say something in another language like French, have it translated to English on the fly. And I thought this would be like a super cool app. Like if you're out um, in town or something or you have a friend that you just met, maybe their language skills aren't that great. And it could kind of fill in the gaps or maybe get you, you know, get you where you're going in a pinch in a foreign country or something like that. And then for me, like I like to watch a lot of programming in Japanese. And I like to kill the subtitles, uh, here and there and kind of like test my own ability. And what I found was I can run this thing in the browser while I'm watching something on the web. And if I can repeat what somebody said in the program, it will translate it for me on the fly. And so you kind of get that, like that extra practice of like, it improves your listening skills because you're repeating what you said, then you're getting like, the translation, so you you understand what was said, and you get to see like the kanji that comes up. So I, I thought it was really cool, and I thought this would be another like fantastic candidate for a PWA because it's like it all can live in the browser. All it does is hit like an API. Um, I just am really excited about it.
0: <laughs> well, cool. That sounds that sounds pretty awesome. So, a uh, great project to to level up some more skills with.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so I guess uh, we can go ahead and close out. Uh, before we uh, do, uh, where can people find you online? And I know you've kind of mentioned a few things, but uh, if you want to mention them all again and more
1: stuff if you have it. Sure. Um, you can find uh, me at uh, junior at gmail.com. Um, shoot me an email if you have any questions about uh, being a junior developer, you need um, some advice or just encouragement or whatever uh, as you're looking for a job. Um, you can find me on Twitter at LeeWorkJR, Lee Work Jr., Lee Jr. Um the podcast is TechJR Podcast on Twitter. Um I also have a website, LeeWork.com. You can check out some projects that I've made on there. Uh that's the project or not project, that's the website that I made when I got hired as a developer. And the same website um is still up and it's that same version of everything. So you can see. What a front end developer website should look like for you to, you know, actually like get through into an interview because it, it worked for me. So um, aside from that, uh, you can find the meetup on meetup.com. If you search project code experience in Orlando or you can go to the, uh, the website itself at meetup.com slash project hyphen code hyphen experience
0: cool uh and as a reminder to everyone all of those links that lee just mentioned are in the show notes um at least i'm saying that now i'm i'm assuming they'll be in the show notes i i have to do that work manually but they're probably there so um if they're not there let me know with an angry tweet uh or something to that effect All right, so uh, Lee, uh, good luck on your future quests. Really hope that uh, maybe someday you'll be back and you can show off all the cool loot you've plundered, all the experience you've gained, all that fun stuff. Uh, and until next time, everyone, uh, you can find this show on Twitter. We are at, at DevSideQuests. And um, if you could please rate this show, uh, give any kind of rating, some feedback. You know, we're, I'm, I'm always ready for that. <laughs> I'm always up for learning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right um you know when you when you get to the end of an episode and you just you have a whole spiel it's it's yeah, repeating the same thing anyway whatever pod listening chatment you subscribe to uh please you know i'm always up for uh, any kind of feedback um also at the same time i'm always looking for guests so if you're interested in uh coming onto the show and talking about any kind of side quests that you've worked on uh big or small please let me know uh you know whatever you want to talk about um generally open to just about everything all right everyone go work on a quest